What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Ask Me or Ask Vince. Ask Me. You're Vince. To you, it's Ask Vince. To me, it's Ask Me. Um, but I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Hello. I am Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, before we get into it, uh, just remember, uh, instead of clicking subscribe, which apparently is not a thing anymore... Uh, if you could, click follow the show. And if you click follow show, wherever, and I don't know all the the technical jargon. I don't even know what you're listening to this on. I've even heard that people listen to this on Spotify, which I didn't even know that was a probably thing. Spotify. I thought, only, probably I thought you only really listened to Rogan on Spotify. I thought, yeah. Oh. Um, but so wherever you listen to this, there's a button that says follow show. If you could just click follow show then you'll get notified um, of when we come out with new episodes, which is every week. We never miss, ever. Never. Uh, unless Mac decides to go snowboarding or something and has to take a day <laughs> off of work. Um, but typically, we every week, there's at least two episodes. So um, follow show. And then, hey, if you love it, right? Uh, even if you hate it, click follow show because that helps us. But if you love it... Um, leave us a what is it five star review five star review got it all right cool all right i'm done with that part Matt. all right well what's been going on with uh you and with fbu what's going on oh did i tell you to ask that question or something it sounded like i the way you asked that question is almost like you were prompted to ask that question it no, didn't believe, sound very natural believe it or not that was completely free balling you got to relax a little bit matt you, you're sounding very. Do you see my right shoulders? Now. Yeah. Do you see you, how relaxed your shoulders I am? Need to go far. Hands in the pockets. <laughs> um, well, around the corner uh, at the time of this being released, uh, we have Mastermind uh, SPF Mastermind coming up in Orlando, Florida. Super excited! Uh, we got a lot of great people coming down. A large portion of the Mastermind is taking the flight down to Orlando, uh, so we'll meet in person and do that for two days. Um, very, very excited, um, about that. And, um, recently I've been doing a little traveling, took the family to, um, Vermont and went skiing, uh, kids, they're not, they're not skiers. They went skiing once, like four years ago before COVID. So this is the first time, uh, we went and, uh, we we went on the the bunny slopes and the green circles and I was teaching them how to ski and um, actually you know got into a little bit of an altercation on the slopes with some man starting fights yeah well I mean <laughs> I didn't finishing start that it. well my daughter was doing well and she's like I want to try a blue square and she tried the blue square and she went flying down the mountain like totally out of control she like lost her shit and she ended up like crashing and like bumping into some guy and the guy like started yelling at her and I like I'm like come crashing down the mountain because I saw it happening and uh, you know I'm not like tuning my own horn or anything but I'm 6'4 on skis is not like a sight that is you, you you don't want that barreling toward Yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so I come flying down the mountain, and this guy is, like, talking to my 11-year-old daughter, like, disrespectfully. And so I had to give this guy a verbal wedgie and uh, put him in his place. 
And he uh, <laughs> tucked his tail between his legs and skied off. And my other daughter, who does now she she does jujitsu now, so she's all like she's all wants to fight. So she was ready to go. She was she was ready to like ski after him and like push him over. <laughs> um, but I mean, is like she was you know she got scared and and she you know just went out of control. And so I, I ski with her for the next like few hours, just re going over everything. And she ended up doing good. And I left uh, to go to lunch and actually, you know, it, <laughs> it, it is unbelievable. These, the Stowe mountain is like Vail, Colorado. It's like super nice. And so Vanessa and I went to this, we had this lunch and it wasn't like, it was like, I felt like I was in like some ritzy restaurant in New York city. That's what it felt like. Not a ski mountain. You think ski lodge, you're thinking chili and, yeah, right. Right. Like you, when you go skiing, you probably don't even break for lunch. You probably just like bring a like, <laughs> no, just go through the jelly day, but on the on the lift. Right? Yeah, the food. I wouldn't describe the food as uh, no, New th- York this dining. This place is like this trendy, ritzy place. It was called like the Tasty Trout or something. That's what it's <laughs> called Tasty Trout. And so, um, on the menu, they had a salmon hot dog. And I go to the waitress, like you know how that sometimes they say like, "Oh, this is a venison burger," but it's right. like ninety-seven percent beef. And 3% venison. Right. And so they call it a venison burger. Like, uh, you know what does that is the, the meat sticks. The venison meat sticks. <laughs> like, venison meat stick is not a venison stick. It's not stick. venison. It's 97% right, right. beef and 3% venison, and they call it a venison stick. But anyway, I was like, I was asking the waitress. I was like, hey, all right, salmon hot dog. And it was on the kid's menu. I was like, salmon hot dog, really? She was like, I was like, what's in this? She's like, no, it's legit. It's like real salmon. And it was like, it was, it was like, it was actually really good. So I got this hot dog. So all I'm, I'm eating this hot dog. Um, and I went back out to ski and I saw Bella coming back in and they were, and she's like, dad, guess what? I did the, uh, I did the slope that I fell on before and I did really good. And I was like, so pumped that she faced the fear, right? She was afraid she fell. And then without even me prompting her, she went and did that same one again. I was like, oh, that's a huge win. Um, and the lesson in that is like the fastest way to overcome fear is to face the fear. Right, Matt? Right. right. Whatever you're afraid of, you'll be less afraid of it if you face it head on. And hey, we all, we all have stuff that we're afraid of. And if you're listening to this and you're a gym owner and you're afraid of hiring your first trainer, you're afraid of starting this marketing campaign, you're afraid of opening up a new location. Well, the fastest way to overcome that fear is to actually face it so I thought it was a cool lesson in Bella of not just me having to give that guy a verbal wedgie and then going having a salmon hot dog but to actually um, for her to experience um, failure for her to experience a challenging scary thing and then to basically face it and overcome it was a cool thing and not have to wait until next year can you imagine that Matt imagine no, her having to wait and live with that all year and think about every time she thought about skiing, she would have thought about that time she got out of control, fell down the mountain and knocked it to some guy. And then her dad gave the guy a verbal wedgie. That's all you would think about all Instead, year. Instead, she thinks she's thinking about how she built her confidence and how she became better at skiing that day because she faced her fear. Yeah, if she doesn't feeling. go down that trail again, it's not that great of a day but she won because of it. So turned out to be the best questions? day. Do I have any questions? Yeah. Well, gym owners do. Got it.
So the first question that we have for today, and these. Oh, by the way, this is Ask Vince. This is Ask. It's still fairly new, right? So this is this is Ask Vince. Ask me. (laughs) This is Ask me. When you're talking about it, yeah, call it Ask Vince. It's Ask me. Do yourself a favor. Ask Vince to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is where I answer three questions from gym owners uh, all around the land. All right, here we go. So first question today is, how do I know when it's time to hire someone, especially for a role that I've held since day one? Uh, so um, this is actually a, a really, really good question. Um, I don't know if there's this bell that goes off and there's an email you get that says, hey, you've hit this metric and now it's time to hire somebody. Um, I don't know if that is the, the case. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, typically who asked this question is the person that's doing a lot of training, meaning they're training a lot of sessions. And I believe that the time to hire somebody is when the load of sessions that you have gets to the point of almost diminishing returns when you can't do anything else. Meaning that if you own the business and you're doing all the sessions, if the only thing you're doing is training sessions, then there's other things in the business that aren't getting done. Right? And it's like, even know that no one in stage one that's a new business considers almost a CEO. There are still CEO activities that really need to be done, right? It's just you're not going to spend as much time on it as someone that's in a stage three business that has a staff of 10 people and everything like that. But at the point where, like, all of a sudden you're just you're training so many sessions that you don't even have time to think about anything else, well, hopefully at that point, the economics of your business are correct and that you're stockpiling a little money to be able to hire somebody, right? So the reality is, Matt, you cannot hire anybody if you have no money. Sounds right? about right. Unless yeah, you yeah. want to like hire people to work for free or unless you want to hire interns to run your sessions for you, um, you can't hire anybody if you don't have any money. So you must get your business to a point to a critical mass of clients to be able to have the money to hire somebody. Um, but I like to see, you know, man, when a client, and, and I'm okay with a gym owner that wants to like kind of have a full load of clients in the very beginning. Like I did that very big when I opened my gym and I know when your dad opened your gym, like he, we worked, you worked all day long and you did all the sessions and you were there all the time and it was great. But at some point that's going to burn you out. Right. Um, and hey, there is a certain amount of human energy hours that we've gotten a week. And it's different for different people, right? Some people have a higher capacity, some people have a lower capacity, but I would like to say that training 30 sessions a week is not like working 30 hours a week. I think it's working like closer to 40 hours a week, right? Um, and you got to understand that and know that if you're doing 30 sessions a week that you're really working 40 and then if you're doing other stuff on top of that you know say that's another 20 you're at 60 hours a week well yeah it is is possible to work 80 hours a week but you know how often 
how are, how are, you, are you doing all that effectively? Right? So it's possible to do. Like I always hear people like, you know, that work for other companies and they say they're working 80 hours a week. At what point like, do you yeah, reach diminishing returns on your own yeah, time? And you I was know? just like, all right, 80 yeah. hours a week, but like, you know, probably 55 of it, you're on Instagram. Right. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You, you can't. Um, so I think it, it gets the, when it gets to the point of, but so I think like when you get to that 30 session mark and you're doing 30 sessions a week, um, I think it's probably time to pull the trigger and hire somebody um, for that. Uh, but there's not this bell that goes off that tells you it is when you kind of reach that peak capacity of human energy hours and you don't have the ability to do anything else to grow your company. That's when it's time to hire. But first things first, got to have your economics right and make sure you're making money. The worst thing, the worst possible thing to do is work 60 hours a week and not make any money. That is like the, that is like the most shittiest thing in the world to do. Um, so, but, but honestly, that's why I spend so much time talking about price, right? Because if your prices are too low, it's, man, that's, you're, you're going to be ready for a slog. Um, so that's the answer to the first one. Cool. All right. So the next question we have is, how do you get the most from your staff without being a drill sergeant? So once you've made this hire, once you've actually brought someone on, how do you not run them into the ground like a drill sergeant? How do you get what you want out of them? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's really there's two levels to this. Um, I think sometimes people try to make trainers into things that they're not. I've done this myself too, right? Um, it's the equivalent to making a tight end a wide receiver, right? Tight ends are usually 6'4 and 285 pounds. And receivers are these days 5'10, 160, right? Um, and their job is to fly down the field as fast as they can and catch the ball. The tight end's not going to do that. So you can't make a tight end a wide receiver. And I think sometimes people try to turn trainers into salespeople. And sometimes that does work, right? Sometimes it does work. But the reality is you have to look at um, – to get the most out of your trainer, you want to look at what is their number one job. And their number one job is to do an outstanding job on the floor. That's the number one thing that you want from a trainer. So let's just say you have this idea that your trainers are going to train clients and then post on social media and clean the bathrooms and do all this stuff. Um, I'll take a trainer that sucks at cleaning bathrooms and sucks on posting on social, and I'll take a trainer that's really, really, really good on the floor all day long and can't do anything else all day long. So the number one thing that you need to make sure you're investing them is the number one thing you brought them on for, right? And that there's a couple things that go into that. One is how they were onboarded. And I think this is the most overlooked component to hiring is how they were brought into the business. And actually people make the decision whether they're gonna stay with the company within 90 days. So usually the first 90 days of how things go is the decision of them wanting to stay. And if you have these days, if you find someone good, you wanna keep them as long as you possibly can because you know pickings are slim these days. Um, so it's like, what is the onboarding process? What did they do when they got there? Um, that is probably one of the most important pieces is that first 90 days. And then after that is their regular coaching 
Is there regular management of that person? Is there, um, uh, uh, we, we do something called a quarterly meeting. I actually had one with you recently, right? In all my companies, we do this. Uh, Will does it with all the team members at KISS Marketing. Uh, it's a quarterly meeting that's a checkup that says, um, how are things going? <laughs> it's a conversation. Um, and I believe people need and want that feedback to be able to know how they're doing and how they can get better, right? And so I think sometimes when people don't do that kind of stuff, a lot of times people will not feel heard and valued. And then they will start to, you know, kind of go off on their own devices and then all of a sudden the gym owner needs to be a drill sergeant to get things back on track, right? Which is essentially what the question asked. Yeah. So the goal is to get out in front of it right is to hire good people to onboard them properly and then to have you know a, a pretty consistent regular leadership and management pulse which honestly can be just a quarterly meeting it doesn't have to be a ton else uh i like a weekly staff i like a weekly staff meeting too where you're sitting down with people on a weekly basis as a group and discussing your clients and discussing what the training is going on and how things are going and uh, that we did this, you know, kettlebell press and it bothered this person's shoulder. And like those conversations are really, really important, right, to have. And it's how you get better um, from there. Um, but I think that the, the answer to the question of, of being, the, getting the most out of your staff is to get out in front of the problem and have systems in place where, you meet with them quarterly where you onboard them properly and you lead and manage them effectively um, as part of how you lead your company. The, pre, the problem with this stuff is a lot of people don't do this because they're so busy doing other stuff and they don't understand the value of the time of sitting down with team members and staff members to give them the attention they need. Um, so the combination of that and not making a tight end wide receiver, right? Not trying to make them do extra tasks when, hey, maybe, you know, a win is them training 30 hours a week and just getting better at that. And some people, that's what they're designed to do, right? There's another, some people that don't want to grow. A lot of times we try something, we try to make everyone grow and everyone take on their own location and everyone take on a leadership role and not some people just want to you know train people and that's okay right that's okay and that that person is very very valuable uh to your company when they just do that um you do got to move with the movers so you got the other people that know that there are people that do want to grow um those people will need opportunity, but not everyone does. Not everyone does. There's some people that, you know, they're good, especially some of your part-time people where it's not their full-time job. I know a lot of people listening to this have part-time people, right? They're not going to become your general manager one day. So that's number two. And you find those superstar coaches sometimes, you think it's like a set it or forget it, a set it and forget it type situation, but those quarterly meetings, man, you, no matter how good that coach is or employee is, if you're not course correcting every once in a while, 
eventually something's going to get lost in translation or some noise is going to creep in. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely easy to underestimate how important that is to have a pulse on the situation, at least on a quarterly basis. For sure. Really helps you not go, oh, this jackass isn't doing what I want to do. And put them on the calendar or, now. Like, so we, we put them on the calendar a year in advance. Right. So like, when are you going to have the meetings? And don't, like, wait. And it's like, oh, uh, do we have that quarterly meeting? I'm not sure. Yet. Right. Like, put them right. on the calendar now. Yeah, expectations are so important. Yeah. So not every coach can do sales. Not every coach can do marketing, right? But there are little things around every gym that it doesn't make sense to hire for. you got to have the coaches do some things around the gym. So if you want your coaches to step up and do – little things around the gym. How do you establish a system for that? How do you set up KRAs for that? Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the most important things too is to identify what are the tasks that are going to bring the most value to the business versus what is just busy work, right? Like for example, oh, there's no 11 o'clock session. So they're just going to go and you know, shuffle papers around or they're going to go, you know, put the towels in the bathroom, right? Um, and I think it's important that if you're going to have a list of things to do in addition to training sessions, that those things bring value to the company, don't just fill time, right? So that would be what I would say is, what are the things they can do that would bring value? And the first thing I can think of, right, obviously because I don't see these questions in advance, but the first thing I can think of is reaching out to your members and calling them on the phone in addition to them seeing them in session and being checking in with them and being like, hey, how are you doing? Because that's investing in retention. And we know that trainers are better at retention than they are at sales and marketing we know that as a fact and so a simple thing is like do they have a list of clients that they're responsible for following up with you know my at my church we have a a, a deacon and her name is sarah and sarah like checks in with us she'll bring us cookies on you know holidays and stuff and that's her job she has a flock so Vanessa and I are in her flock and we hear from her so I don't hear from the head pastor of my church I hear from my deacon right and the deacon goes off and so we're on her list and so trainers can have a list like a deacon right they can have a list of people that they are in charge of monitoring and making sure that that those people are getting what they need Man, I, I can't think of a better use of a trainer's time than to do that when they're not training, right? Um, but then there's other things like, is there, you know, you know, finding client highlights, finding, you know, uh, stories about clients that are doing well and having success because that's a double whammy. That's, you know, um, that can be used in marketing, but that's also, you know, hey, people feel good when that stuff happens. People feel good when they're highlighted and they do a good job. Um, and because people are like, don't get a lot of recognition. Most people, like, if you think about it at their job, they show up to their job and they do their job and then if they get a bonus, great. 
but no one's really recognizing them. All of a sudden they come to a gym and they're being celebrated for being a member. They're being celebrated for their success. It's, 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 it's retention. Um, so, but what I think is, so those are high value activities to the, to the company because they drive retention. Um, so what I think would, would happen is like, you know, there's the training of sessions that they do, but then there's this task list of stuff that are high value activities. And maybe there's lower value activities that you have them do, right? Maybe there's, you know, cleaning the dumbbells and, you know, stock restocking paper towels that they have off hours. But the reality is when you sit with them on your quarterly meetings and he's like, all right, what, what, where you spending most of your time on the times that you're not working or not training sessions. And if it's always stocking towels, it's like, all right, well, that's, you know, it's great. I'm glad you're doing that. But you know, what about making sure you're calling your flock? What about making sure I noticed that, you know, you had the highest uh, attrition rate of all your clients. So are you doing a good job of that? So it's identifying the highest value activities they can bring to the business, clearly documenting those and then holding them accountable to doing those things at the quarterly meetings. Cool. That flock idea, man, that's a really good idea. And the whole, the whole, uh, outreach and, and even reactivation concept of getting your coaches to reach out and get people back in the gym. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people want to be able to pay their coaches more just cause they like to pay their employees like better than other gyms, I suppose. Or maybe they're finding it hard to get coaches because they can't pay enough. So this is a way to be able to pay more, just allow them to create more value for you. And naturally you'll be able to pay them more. So if you're having trouble hiring, it's definitely a good way to maybe bring on people. Awesome. I love it. Cool. Good job, Matt. Thank you. (laughs) Imagine you say bad job, Matt. (laughs) Uh, was that three? Was that third? That one? was three. That was three. That okay. was three. That, so that third one was actually. I snuck it in there. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, it was almost like a part two of the second question, but that was considered the third question. That was the third. Yeah. Right. How do you make well, KRAs? How do you get people to fill in that's downtime? Three questions of ask me. When you're telling your friends about this podcast, it's ask Vince, not ask me. Don't let him confuse you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, till next time, Matt. Remember, again. Follow us for your sake, because you're going to get great information every week. But in return, all we ask is you give us a five-star rating. Wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, whatever platform I've never heard of before, two things. Follow, five stars. You're so pushy. pushy. I am. You're very pushy, Matt. (laughs) Thanks, guys. See you guys next time. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for listening. Do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This way you'll get notified when we get new episodes come out. And if you really, really loved it, I'd truly appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating. So thanks so much. If you're looking for more free stuff uh, from me, head over to vincesfreebook.com. You'll get a free copy of my marketing book. And just head over to vincesfreebook.com and I'll send you a copy. Thanks.